technology is out there this is an ideal opportunity to facilitate the use of technology into studies and actually not be scared of technology because the patients that we're trying to reach for those individuals we want to be involved in the vaccine studies they are readily embracing technology welcome back to trial better in this episode we discuss the race to find a covid 19 vaccine and the important role technology plays in data collection for vaccine trials when time is of the essence and patients are forced to stay at home Digital solutions and engaging technology may be the key to continuing successful clinical research. Leading this conversation is host Jason Egger, guest Nadika Dias, and Chris Watson of ERT. So let's not waste time and jump into this edition of Trial Better. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of ERT's Trial Better podcast. I'm your host, Jason Egger. In today's episode, I'm joined by ERT's own Nadika Dias, Senior Clinical Science Advisor, and Chris Watson, Director of Product Management. Nadika, Chris, welcome to the show. Nadika, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background? Sure, yeah. So I've been working in health technology and clinical trials for several years now, and I specialize in electronic clinical outcome assessments, or ECOA, across several therapeutic areas. And I often provide scientific, regulatory, and technology use guidance to sponsors related to clinical trial endpoints, as well as how to collect high-quality data. Great. Glad you're here. Chris, yourself? Yes, certainly. I've been working in the technology space now for over 20 years, the last 12 of which I've been focusing within the, uh, the clinical space, where I've been utilizing my experience of looking outside of the box, trying to identify new technologies that can be brought into the clinical arena to facilitate the capture of quality information from our patients out there in the field. Great, thank you. And I I know that you both have worked a lot specifically with vaccine trials. So Nadika, why don't we start with you? In your mind, what are some specific challenges that sponsors might face in really trying to get to a COVID-19 vaccine? Yeah, so the real challenge right now with this novel coronavirus is that the threat is now. Uh, More and more people are falling ill every single day, so time is not on our side. And good clinical research really takes time. So, you know, there's no currently approved vaccine or treatments for COVID-19. So researchers are working very hard on really two types of clinical trials right now. So the first studies are aiming to test treatments for patients who already have the disease to hopefully reduce severity of symptoms. And you know these studies are important because they can buy us some more time for the other set of trials, which are testing the vaccines specifically for COVID-19. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure right now for these vaccine trials to get up and running as soon as possible. The, the FDA is reviewing submissions very quickly because it will still take a great deal of time to collect the appropriate amount of data, running through multiple phases of human trials to really know whether a vaccine is safe and uh, effective. Um, so, you know, fundamentally, the collection of data for COVID-19 vaccine will be similar to other vaccine trials but patient recruitment will likely be harder during this time of shelter in place and quarantine, and also making sure that you know, these enrolled uh, patients are not asymptomatic. So really, you know, overall there are challenges for researchers also at early stages, at these early stages to know 
what the true immune response will look like for COVID-19, thinking about what the appropriate study design should be, and you know, will it just require one dose or multiple? So a lot of things to really think about and kind of our hurdles during this uh, attempt to find a vaccine for COVID-19. And and so you, you mentioned the challenges kind of in general. Are there certain specific ones that are unique to vaccine trials that people kind of should be looking out for now? Yeah, well, so vaccine trials in general are unique because they're often developed in response to a new threat. So just like now. So things are moving very fast. And because of this, clinical development teams must collaborate very quickly to develop timeline scenarios in order to mitigate any risks that are associated with, say, delayed site openings and first patient in. Um, You know, these studies also require a lot more physician oversight as well. Safety, safety is so important during these trials. It's, It's one of the most important factors that sponsors have to consider. And so it's important to monitor adverse events such as you know, redness, swelling, body temperature on a daily basis to see how each patient is responding to the vaccine dose. Um, you know, what other, one other thing with vaccine trials is that they often enroll a very large number of healthy volunteers, numbers that are often in the thousands once you reach a phase three trial. So, you know, these patient populations are also very diverse with wide, wide age ranges and they're living all over the world. So it's important to be mindful about how sponsors collect the high, this high volume of data, as well as how to keep these patients engaged. Um, this is especially important as the vaccine trial transitions into a more observational phase, testing the effectiveness of the vaccine in the real world. So Chris, with that, and, and Adika talked a little bit about the, the volume of, of patients that are in these vaccine trials. Like, what are some of the challenges just using paper in vaccine trials? When you think about paper, paper is often thought of as the default option for data collection of vaccine studies. Paper is often thought of as a quick way of facilitating and responding to the needs of vaccine studies. However, what isn't always taken into account is actually the volume of data that is going to need to be transcribed from paper into some source repository. I mean, for example, if you imagine a two-dose vaccine study, which is generally based with 11 question daily diary, and that daily diary happens over 30 days. And as Nika says, you've got a large volume of patients. So say we've got 10,000 patients, for example, that ultimately equates to 6.6 million individual data points that have been collected on paper. Those 6.6 million data points need to be transcribed to an electronic system so they can actually then be analyzed and then actually put into the ESRF ready for submission to the regulatory agencies. And it's often this factor here, when you look at the volume of data that's going to be captured, that actually should sway you away from going from paper to actually then contemplate utilizing electronic as a way of effectively capturing that information. I mean, it, it makes sense, but Nadika, I'm sure there are still plenty of people still using paper what advice would you give to sponsors who, quite frankly, at this point, who have stuck using paper in their in their vaccine trials? Yeah, so it's it's also important to think about all the analysis involved with paper. Um, you know, and as Chris mentioned, there's challenges of timely and accurate entry of paper diaries into a database. So 
if all of this data is regularly uploaded to the database from day one, because it's on an electronic platform, the sponsor will likely be able to get their results much quicker and help reach database locks sooner, which will be extremely valuable uh, for novel coronavirus trials. Um, you know, and I think as we're seeing now, COVID-19 has greatly impacted how sponsors and sites conduct study visits in clinical trials by moving toward more digital options across all therapeutic areas. And you know, with vaccine trials, which have such a strong focus on safety and monitoring of adverse symptoms, an electronic platform can provide real-time access to patient data, which will be a much easier way for a clinician to provide oversight to multiple patients at once. So Chris, as we, 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 we talked and Nadika talked a little bit about the paper solutions, what can a sponsor do now if they've got a digital solution in place? What can they do to improve their data collection? When it comes down to utilizing electronic uh, solutions for the collection of data, as Andika says, electronic gives you better data quality, but you've always got to remember who the end user is. I, what I mean by this is the end user is the patient and providing technology them, for them to supply the information. Let's engage with patients. Let's actually facilitate their journey within the actual within the clinical space. Let's find ways of engaging with them. Let's find ways of actually maybe toning down the reminders, because when they were collecting a 11 question, uh, 11 question diary on a daily basis over a 30 day period, let's use technology to understand how compliant they are, how regularly they are submitting data. And let's not necessarily perpetually remind them to do the daily tasks that they actually currently are doing there. So it's all about using technology to facilitate that engagement with the patient to actually you keep them the patient engage with the study so that ultimately they are providing you the quality data that is required for you to then determine the results of that study. Yeah, and flexible provisioning is another electronic solution that falls hand in hand with that uh, because this, this is an approach that can also make electronic data capture very affordable for vaccine studies. And you know, by, by flexible, I mean that the trial would enable the use of the patient's own devices also known as bring your own device or BYOD. And then when it's suitable, this would be alongside the use of provision devices. So, you know, this approach puts that patient at the center of the study because they can now report symptoms on their own phone. And then it helps improve the patient's experience in the trial by integrating their studied participation into their everyday lives. And as we're, as we're all staying home right now, um, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about the, the minimizing patient and investigator contact, right? So we've got that. And as you said there, Nadika, I mean, the BYOD allows it to, to be rolled out in a little bit more simple fashion, if you will. So Chris, if a sponsor was thinking about it, how would they get started with electronic data collection? Obviously, the adoption of technology into any offering can create some reservations. And the transition from paper to electronic can seem daunting to most sponsors there. What I would recommend is that if you're having reservations about how technology is going to influence the behavior in your study, run a small pilot study as a sub-study of your main study and use electronic in one particular territory. By using it in one particular territory, that helps you to minimize potential biases and nuances that may be associated with languages, et cetera, across the It gives you a more structured and targeted data set. And then ultimately, once all the data has been collected, compare the results. And 
we are confident that going electronic will show you the positive results. And we know from previous experience with sponsors, sponsors when they've actually undertaken these small sub-studies, the results of which have actually confounded them. They get to database a lot quicker. The data is actually residing in electronic format there. And actually that enables them to actually then build out the business case to say, you know what, I need to move away from paper now. I need to bring more electronic means into my clinical research environment. So Chris, once they've gotten started, I mean, even if they're, you know, they take your advice, just as you said, they're starting in a small territory, they're just even looking, even in that case, how do sponsors, like, are there tools out there that they could use to visualize the data, just see that um, the collection of the data is, is successful? Yes, I mean, that's fundamental across the board, to actually thinking about it. Well, by going electronic, the data is into the system far faster would be done by paper, because your paper is done at the end. By having the data into the system earlier, you need a tools which you can then use to visualize that data. So you can actually have reporting, some intelligence built at that, where you actually then can look at, mine, and understand that data. So you'd want, ultimately, to have the ability to share the study progress, understand what is actually happening field to get that early insight into how the vaccine is actually progressing. And I would recommend that whatever you're doing there, ensure that whatever service you've got there, they have a rigid, strong reporting platform that can support that analysis of that data. So Nadika, with that, we talked about using electronics to collect the data. What, what other ways can we use the technology to really keep healthy volunteers engaged in a vaccine trial, I guess. Yeah, so technology and well-thought-out study design are really important when thinking about patient engagement. So it's good to incorporate several time points in which the site is checking in with the patient. And then also, um, you know, the patient diary, having that um, being required to be completed at certain times is a good way to keep patients engaged in the trial um, and you can use several techniques like on-device alarms or text reminders to encourage compliance as well. Uh, you know, last year we did a study with over a thousand individuals in the general public, and we asked them what types of things would help them stay engaged in a clinical study. And one of the key motivators for individuals was knowing that a clinician was overseeing all of their data that was being entered. So that it's not all being forgotten, you know, once it's entered into the diary. And this is where a digital solution can be really beneficial um, because in the event a patient enters information that might be of clinical concern, this type of thing can be flagged and the site can follow up really quickly. So it's really a good maintenance of communication between the site and the patient. Um, instead of an alternate scenario where there's um, this information on a piece of paper and it's just kind of sitting there until the next site visit. It's very interesting. I mean, people want to see purpose behind their data, um, you know, human factor wise. I mean, I think it's, 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 it says a lot about what we do and collecting that data and making sure we use it to, to find and, and, and cater to results. Um, with that, Nadika, before we let uh, and this podcast, any final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, so there is already one novel coronavirus vaccine underway, um, a trial. And with that, many, many more will follow in the coming months. Um, so these are certainly unprecedented circumstances, but there are many 
brilliant people working together right now to help discover treatments and hopefully eradicate this virus one day. So it's important to support these studies with the best practices that we implement now today and that we know that work um, in any way possible. Great. Thank you. Chris, how about you? Any final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? I would definitely say that in the COVID world, as I would like to call it there, it's amazing how technology has rapidly been adopted to facilitate how people can communicate in the the lockdown world that we are currently living in. This need for technology and this need to communicate across the board is now extending into the the vaccines arena and the clinical trial arena there. I just hope that the, the, the adoption that we're seeing in technology, as that can be expanded more into clinical search arena and then specifically put in place to focus on how vaccine studies can be run, will actually then be a new era and a new dawn for how we can actually conduct clinical research in the future. Thanks uh, to both of you, both of our experts from ERT, um, Chris and Nadika. Just, I, I think you really helped shed some light on how vaccine trials work and and why we would use electronics in in vaccine trials. It couldn't be more important than it is right now with the COVID nineteen pandemic that we're all living through. So, thank you again for for both of you for being here today, and and we look forward to working with you. And and I know you're working with our partners in the clinical research industry to, to really advance toward finding a, a, a vaccine for this. Um, so as always, we appreciate everyone joining us on Trial Better. Please make sure to engage with us at trialbetter at ERT.com or leave us a review on your favorite podcast channel. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to Trial Better. That's a wrap. Special thanks to Nandika, Chris, and Jason for today's discussion. As we navigate these unprecedented circumstances, now more than ever, it's important for teams to share knowledge and resources. So thank you both for sharing your invaluable expertise. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Be sure to tune in this Thursday, April 16th, for our first Trial Better Live session, an interactive webinar series where we dig deeper into the topics we cover on the podcast. Again, this Thursday at 11 a.m. EST. You can find information to register on trialbetter.com. Finally, please remember to comment, rate, or review Trial Better on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast channel. You can also reach us at trialbetter at ert.com. Thanks for listening, and stay safe, everyone.